Black voices are making an impact this month and beyond. Keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. The corrupt powers that rule this nation are hard at work. They are trying to keep wages low and the rent high. They are quick to line the pockets of big businesses, but tell us they can't find a dime for the people. I understand this. I've seen the rot from the inside as a state senator, and it's ugly and widespread. On Unboss, we are working to change that. Every day on Unboss, we are bringing you the stories that really matter. We talk about power, corruption, justice, or lack thereof, and we break this down every weekday giving you the tools to give the power back to where it belongs with the people. I'm Nina Turner and I am unbought and unbossed. Listen to Unbossed on Apple Podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Welcome to the Quicksop F1 podcast. My name is Nyasha and you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Mm. It is the hottest podcast I've ever recorded. If you're watching me on YouTube, my face is melting right now. This is some Wizard of Oz shit. I'm sorry, but this is the dedication. I'm literally wiping it. This is the dedication that we're (laughs) doing for you. We're recording on the hottest day ever recorded in in England. So, uh, man... Thank you guys for rocking us. Thanks for listening. If you're watching, make sure you're leaving a like and a subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you leave us a, uh, a review. It all helps. We're all growing. Thank you for the subscribers. We've hit uh, 2,000 subscribers on YouTube now. So that is truly incredible. But today, thank you. But today, uh, I have got a very special guest. Now, this guy didn't even know. It. We actually met. About five years ago, we shared a Nando's at a creative's dinner. Uh, and I've followed him ever since. Uh, and he's been doing some mad, mad stuff. And he's got some really cool stuff to tell us that I think you guys would want to hear as well. I think it'll be a really cool conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Mabdul! Thank you for having me, man. It's been a very long time. Also, yeah. I completely forgot about that dinner, by the way, until you mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. Look, it wasn't... You know when you like because I, I remembered exactly what you talked about. Mom, you said it like Dan's Nando's and that he did ages ago. Yeah, yeah. So our friend uh, Dan uh, of Urban Panda fame, he yeah, he basically just invited bear of us to Nando's <laughs> near Christmas time, and we just had like a lovely meal all together. So it was nice meeting you then, um, and I guess because I don't think you. I, I guess when I met you. I would definitely say you were a photographer, but I guess now you've developed into a bit more than that. Is that, would it be fair to yeah. say that? Definitely, definitely. A lot more things have happened since then. A lot yeah. more paths have been crossed. Yeah. I think you went from photography to directing and then creative, like create, having a creative agency and doing creative direction for brands and people to now Formula One, which is crazy. And like, I guess without, because I know you've got things in the pipeline and you've got things which you're, which you're doing right now, which is crazy. But like, how, have you always been interested in F1 or was it like an opportunity that kind of came to you and you were, you know, you were like, well, yeah, obviously it's something I've got to take. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, I was not an F1 fan before. Like, guys, please <laughs> don't kill me. Like, hands up, I'm like, I'm <laughs> but now I'm a diehard fan. Like, I'm actually a diehard petrol head, if yeah. that's the way to say it. Um, yeah. 
But no, I, I knew of F1, but I wasn't really into it. And once this opportunity became, came up, I was like, yeah, I definitely want to go ahead and enter this world. And it's been amazing ever since. Like, um, it's crazy because we meet so many people um, online who who say that they, they've recently just got into the sport, whether that's because of Drive to Survive or whether that's because of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Lewis Hamilton or that's because of well, any reason really, you know. Um, but it's one of those sports that once you get into it, you really do get like sucked in. Like it, like honestly, it, it really does get you. So how long would you say now you've been kind of working? Is it, was it this season it started or was it? Yeah, this season. So I started this season March in Bahrain. Yeah. That was my first F1 experience. So got to shoot there the whole way, chilling in the paddock. And obviously me, everyone's like, yo, what's Drive to Survive before? And I'm like, no, I really want to just like, <laughs> get the full experience all at one flex. I don't want to like have pee or something and everything. Yeah. And yeah, it was like literally all these drivers and people and I'm like, oh, this is nice. So everyone else is like, yo, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so like what uh what's your so as someone who gets to have I would say pretty much full access to F1 mm. grids and races and you know in paddocks and, and, and so forth. What's that experience like, I guess? Um, could you describe it to... There's a lot of people who have never been... To an, look, I've never even been to an F1 race, right? So for me, like, I watch all this stuff I see on TV and, and so forth. Yeah. But what is it like to... I guess because you're going to races on a regular basis, you're, you know. So you're, you're there quite a lot. That's a bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when are you... So what are you... What's yeah? What what are your impressions of the F one world? I guess, especially I guess behind mm-hmm. the stuff that maybe we don't see on camera. I think like I have the first. I don't know. I came in a very nice way as someone that was my previous F one fan, but was interested in the sport to experience that all. Like you know, completely fresh and new and as a third party the experience is insane. Like I think everyone says this: you never forget your first race. And I definitely won't. But the whole experience from just being in the paddock to the energy, to the crowd, uh, just hearing the cars zooming constantly, like that itself is one experience. But being actually with the teams in the garages, in the mall homes, with the drivers, with all the personnel, that itself is a whole different experience. Yeah. Like, I just see drivers walking past me, I'll be like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hi. I'm like, <laughs> <this world." laughs> Man, you've uh, you've got more composure than I have. Uh, I, I I would be fanboying so hard walking up and down. Again. Not uh, even no, just I, the drivers. I've never seen so many like grown men telling to little girls once they see their favorite driver. Like it's crazy. <laughs> Look, trust me. If you get <laughs> if you, you get me around Lewis, I'm gonna. I literally, I'm just gonna have to like. You know when you like, I'm gonna have to hold my wrists down from not like. Do you know what I'm like shaking it. Uh, unbelievable. So. You've been all over the world. What was your favorite race so far? And why? Um, Miami. Okay. So was Miami That's all day? Melbourne. Was li- oh, Melbourne. Okay. Yeah, I think because I've never been to Australia. And Melbourne oh, okay. is amazing. It was the first time that they opened since lockdown. So that weekend they had their um, rugby. Yeah. And they also had their surfing. Um, like big races and obviously you know this is a sporting country so the vibe and energy was crazy like it was literally a festival like it was like last it was, it was something like last so 
But also, I didn't know, like, Daniel Ricardo, like, obviously, that's his hometown. Like, the amount of fans he had is crazy. Yeah. It's like a Daniel Ricardo festival. That's sick. And, and like, Miami, did it live up to all of the hype and, and all of the expectations? I think it's hard for me to talk because obviously I'm there with the teams and drivers. Mm. So my experience is different to everyone else. But from, you know, when I left the paddock, seeing the surrounding area, the vibe, crazy. But um, I think everyone and anyone that's a celebrity in America was pretty much there. Like, yeah. the list was insane. And you've seen online the amount of people that randomly just, you know, pulled yeah. up. Like, they don't care about these clothes, but hey. <laughs> they, uh, no, it was, it was jokes. I like... I loved in the Martin Brundle's uh, grid walk, like he was interviewing Khalid, like DJ Khalid, and um, D Wade and Gabriel Union kind of walk past him and they do the, you know, they didn't want us to be in Miami, God did, but Martin Brundle has no clue, like he's got two superstars just walking, yeah, walking past him, but they've got think, no clue who he is either as well. I think so that's it's, the it's, thing with, um, with, with the girl F1 and with it becoming such a popular sport. There's like a whole new generation of fans and people, a whole new demographics, which I'm very grateful for, yeah. entering the sport. So I feel like it was very unaware of who all these people are. I kind of wish like they had like a young presenter there for all the celebrities and the cool kids. Yeah, no, they 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 should. I, look, we always kind of say like, I feel like Tandy'd be perfect for that. Um, someone of that ilk, just to be able to bridge that gap, right? And you know, it's it's fine for Martin. To not know people, I wouldn't expect Martin Brundle to have consummate knowledge of American celebrities, or you know, from pop culture. You know, he's a maybe late 50s, 60 year old man from Kings Lynn who's, who's worked in F1 his whole life. Like, that's no slight yeah. on Martin. Like, and the producers that are in his ear telling him yeah. the, the wrong people and making him go up to the wrong people. Like, that's so it's not even just mine, it's the whole team that I think are still adapting to that, this new era, I guess, let's say. Um, so, look, I, I, as, as black content creators, right, we, we feel it, right? So, I, uh, we're, we're online and we kind of see ourselves as being in definitely the minority of all of the content creators online in terms of what we look like, the content we kind of put out, the voice that we have. Um, as a, a black creative working within the, you know, the heart and soul of F1, you know, the race and, and the paddock, I guess, do you, I guess there are efforts to increase diversity, but do you feel, I guess, the the place that F1 is right now with regards to diversity? I feel like um, me being a black man, black creative in the sport and having this opportunity and this access it's my duty to make it a better place to bring more people through. Like recently we did a project where we brought through like young F1 kids to Silverstone, young black and hopefully ethnic fame and all sorts to F1 to get them to have the experience. But yeah, definitely like I'm, I'm as you know, there's not that many black people out there. But I feel like that's our superpower to be like, you know, making some difference and, you know, letting people know that we're here and that we're here to stay. And, you know, um, also being able to show these little kids that like, yeah, we're hidden, so can you. So you actually, um, just then, mentioned a really cool video, which I think literally dropped this weekend, maybe yesterday? Um, yesterday, yeah. Yeah, 
um, which was Lewis Hamilton taking three kids out of color uh, to Silverstone who uh, have ambitions to be to be racing drivers. So I I'm going to be honest. Until we started this call, I had no clue that you were involved in that. Um, so uh, it, it's incredible that you are. And uh, I and I guess um, what was the the thought process behind, I guess, the creation of that piece of content? I think it was just, you know, um, we're, we're in this power and space that we can make a difference and this is what we want to do, so let's just do it. Like, yeah. it doesn't cost a lot to do it. It's just something that, like, to us, we just was like, yo, there's these young kids, like young racers. If we're able to give them the opportunity to come experience um, a British Grand Prix at Silverstone, the home country that they're from, and you know that can motivate them and give them some much inspiration, but also potentially open the doors to more younger brats like Nick and Ben kids coming to you from one. Because um, definitely the first, and hopefully the not the last, and hopefully trying to grow this into a much bigger thing. Because um, you know how back in school you used to get like tickets or free trips to certain things. Yeah. So, like yeah, F one is not a cheap cheap sport. Like these young kids can't afford. Like, I'm gonna like, bro, I don't feel. I can <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely not the way you're doing it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. No. Um, no, tickets are not cheap. People be telling me these ticket. Yeah, I'll be hearing you know, these ticket prices. I'm like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> wow. Shocking. Shocking. But it does make sense. Like, it is justifiable, especially with the way the sport is. But um, if we're able to give a few free tickets to young kids that, you know, it can help inspire them and, you know, motivate them, especially if this is what they want to become, then I think that's the best thing for these little kids or these little races. Yeah, man, I, I think that's uh, that's that's incredible, and like, it was really heartwarming to see. Um, I look when I was a kid, and like I said, I've still never been, so I still kind of uh, dream of going to different races. Of course, I'm going to go to different races at some point, but like when I was younger, things just feel really. Um, I think without representation, things can really feel out of reach and things can really feel like you are, uh, yeah, like you're looking into a, a different world completely, right? That's not even a world that you would be able to access or, you know, if there's no one that looks like you, how would you be able to get there? Who do you talk to about going to places like that? So stuff like that is really important. I'm sure... I bet those kids were, yeah, the dreams come true, I guess. Uh, bro, I'm not going to lie. Like, from, I took him to the studio first, told him we're going to do a photo shoot to, you know, just get a couple yeah. of big photos of them. At the end, we interviewed them, asked them about their, like, if you saw the questions, that, like, the answers that were coming to these kids were like, like, well, what would you want to be in five to ten years? He's like, okay, I'd like to be a Formula 2 driver. And I'm like, wait, well, why not Formula 1? He's like, no, I want to work to Formula 2 so I can get to a greater level and learn so then I can be ready to come up with one job. Wow. Like, that's how far ahead they're looking. Wow. So it's so crazy. But um, just seeing them excited and seeing them get to experience it, like, I felt like a, a proud big brother. Yeah, no, that's an incredible <laughs> thing to be able to do, man. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. And so I guess with, with what you're doing right now, I know you mentioned at the beginning of the interview and that, you know, you want to be able to bring more black people through 
uh you know through f1 and and into f1 in terms of you know i guess creatively and 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 kind well, of i feel like it's, it's you know me from london it's not just like, yeah. I feel like everywhere i've been i've always tried to do that like when i was a photographer doing shoots i've always yeah. like if i can't do a show like one of the homies someone yeah. that i knew if someone's recommending anyone for a job i'd always be putting people through i feel like you know just in our culture and our nature we've always been doing that and now that i'm at a place of f1 and I'm at, at this door, I'm trying to hold the door open for everybody else. But I feel like, you know, there's no point getting to like a very high level or a great place and having all these access and resources and not being able to like, you know, make the most out of them. Yeah, no, and that's it, right? You've got to, I think like with us, it's like the same thing. Like, there's no point in us being the only, you know, F1 podcast that's black, that has black people on it, right? You've got to support... All the other people who are trying to do that, no matter how big or small they are, you know, you've got to, you've got to, we've all got to try and come up together. Right? There's no point in getting to the top and then pulling the ladder away and being like, ah, fuck yeah. you, you know, I'm making all this money now. And so, you know, uh, so I just think, yeah, I, I, it's a really cool, it's a really cool um, thing to think about. I guess for you personally, yeah. what would be your, your dream? um do you have any dream projects or dream things that you would like to do within f1 or so there might be a lot of background noise going on yeah um, that's okay in terms of dream projects i feel like i've, I've worked with all my like dream brands and people and products i feel like now what gives me joy is doing stuff that have a lot more meaning working on projects over a long term basis. Maybe the thing with the kids that's the start of something that's been a long term. But honestly, I feel like I'm I'm back to square one. I'm enjoying like just creating, especially in this new F1 space. I feel like I've learned so much from all these other industries and I have so much more I can apply into this. Like I really wanna eventually like shake up this whole space and you know be present yeah. and be disrespectfully loud yeah look you well, look you've come to the right place to be disrespectfully loud i'll tell you that for sure um I, there's a i actually meant to ask you there's a lot of um a lot of celebrities on the grid a lot of celebrities and we kind of touched on it earlier um is there anyone that you've met that you've uh really like enjoyed their company or you were really surprised that they were into f1 or or uh um, there's a giant list um Michelle Obama. Wait, stop. 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 Serena Williams, Will I Am, <laughs> DJ Khaled, Pharrell, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, David Beckham. But I even saw um Lawrence from um, Insecure. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah, Michelle Obama. Serena Williams, David Beckham. I even saw Lawrence from <laughs> Insecure. Yeah, from Insecure. I was like, yo, I'm a fan. <laughs> I watch your show. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, nice. it was nice, but it, it was cool because I feel like being in that space, like I feel like one thing I've learned over time is with celebrities and all these people, it's all about like time and place is important. They're human beings just like me and me, but when yeah. it's in that space, they're all more chilled out, reserved. Like, you know, they, it's not like fans that are coming up to them. Yeah. So you can actually genuinely have like, a very good conversation. Yeah. Like, I had a very good conversation with Alexis Ohanian. Yeah, who's the founder of Reddit? Because yeah. I I love Reddit. I'm a, I'm a yeah. Reddit kid. So you know, getting to talk to him was like, oh, I was like, hey, by the way, like you know, I love Reddit. Thank mm. you very much. He's like, oh, sweet. And then we just started talking. Nice. It was lovely. No, he seems like a real cool guy, man. He seems like a really cool guy. Um, so you you're getting around quite a lot. 
so the travel element of everything um so not is that get you down any funny experiences kind of traveling around i feel like i've been used to traveling back in tour days and stuff but like it's, it's really nice to be back in a world everyone travels it is the money it's pretty like literally i'm in amsterdam now yeah straight to marseille and straight to hungary which is crazy but um i think it's crazy i didn't know this when everyone they have chartered flights yeah so like um, obviously, there's so many people that are going to F1 countries. I just book one plane and have all of the teams and engineers and yeah. everyone inside there. And it's crazy because, you know, in football, you'd expect people to be like, what do you think of shit? Yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm But, um, you know, when they say, like, what do you think of shit? Tottenham. Yeah. What do you think of Tottenham? I thought it'd be like that, but all the engineers everyone's good friends everyone like work together group together like they actually it's like a really good positive environment yeah i thought the teams would be beefing each other but actually yeah. not like they're all blessed it's crazy yeah and it's like obviously you know we have all the um stuff that happens between fans online and you know uh some of it's good some of it's bad you know and obviously there's the stuff that we see on on TV, you know, the Red Bull Mercedes kind of stuff, you know, Toto and Christian stuff from, from last year, especially. But, you know, Martin Brundle always describes it as it's like a traveling circus, really. And, uh, you know, it is a very tight knit family from the teams to the media to the, you know, other staff who kind of travel race to race. And it's like, a, you know, they spend march to december well, yeah they spend like march to december yeah, you'd be surprised. Like, together everyone knows each other everyone's good friends or family like we're traveling to 22 different countries around the world with these people like you're probably gonna be like hi what's up like yeah everyone's good friends which i like it like everyone's a very um in terms of like the engineers and teams it, there is a very like positive good like environment everyone is very friendly to one another it's like a tight close-knit family so if you had like um one piece of advice uh oh no actually let me ask this question for someone trying to be a creative like yourself right and maybe they've got dreams of working within f1 or within sport or you know within music or whatever i guess what's a piece of advice that you'd give to a creative of any sort um looking to i guess make their passion their career i actually did an article recently okay and I, and I wrote on a very, very good quote. I don't want to um, mess it up. Yeah, I don't want to misquote yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is you're a human being capable of achieving anything. You have all the access and resources that you need to achieve that. The internet is free, and the only person that will stop you is yourself. So stop overthinking and just do it. Don't be afraid of failure, because the more you fail, the quicker you learn. And you got this. You do. And like, that's a really good quote because, bro, the amount of times I've messed up is crazy. Like, Jermaine. It's crazy. People are like, Mo, you've made it. Like, ah. Oh. But people don't realize I've taken way more, like, more L's than I've taken W's. And I'm taking yeah. some very, very, very fat L's. Yeah. It's crazy. And the thing is, the L's will make you, will make you better. And you know what? Sometimes 
you know you'll put something out you're like yeah yeah this is gonna bang and and it does not <laughs> but sometimes you'll just stick something out like oh I've, do you know what I mean <laughs> like absolutely hard I was like do you know what the effort I put into this and then yeah. you'll you'll put something out you'll just fling it out and be like oh have that and that shit will just bro explode so you, you never it's just like growing from it like up, like I feel like the more L's you take, the it's like character building. Like you know your main character in a TV series, yeah. Yourself, and then that makes them the person they are today. I feel like taking L's and losses and failures is a part of life. It helps you grow. It helps you learn how not to do those things quicker. And I feel like the more L's you take, the bigger the W's. Because yeah. if you're taking so many L's in life, like God's gonna come to you with a big W. Like that'll make it worth everything at some point. Yeah. No. Inshallah. <laughs> yes <laughs> like i i uh yeah i man i can't even uh compliment that enough because it, it's so true like even let's say with quick stop right like there's there's so many things that there's like videos that we've done that haven't done well or you know especially like when you're starting on something you might you know see small numbers and stuff like it like it's not about don't do things for the numbers like you know what i mean do things yeah. because for the love of doing something and and then like the numbers will follow like long, yeah long term growth like are you here to just like i feel like everything you do you have to have like a long time or a long period of like thinking of doing it like like realistically if you start anything in life it's going to take at least a minimum two years before that shit even like pops off or blows off so like yeah. At the start, you shouldn't be thinking about numbers or anything. You should just be thinking about like your growth, learning how to do things, uh, yeah, all the time. But it's daunting, though. Like, oh to, no, it's daunting when they're trying and trying, and I'm there, like, yo, I'm just. I wake up one day, like, yeah, I'm just shit. I'm sick. Next day, yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? You'll see someone else doing what you want to do, and some, you know, some people are doing it to a high quality. So you look at someone else, you're like, hey, like, that's the level. I want to I want to do something like that. Or I want to get to that level. Yeah. And you know, you know, and I think you said a really good thing there, like learning. You've got to find joy in in learning. You know, I found joy in if I didn't find joy in like editing and really getting into Premiere and like trying to become a better video editor, then our little videos wouldn't be as good as well, well received as they are and that wouldn't then our growth would have been probably slower because you know that's a big factor in our growth like it's it's the videos yeah. we put out and and stuff like that so um but that's because i, I just i sat down and you know and i put out videos they weren't great but i just kept learning and learning and the more you learn the more you do it you know you learn by doing and so just yeah, i think it there. becomes easier i feel like at some point like Failing just becomes normal and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like, it's even failing, it doesn't it, feel really? like a, it doesn't feel like an L, it just feels like yeah. it's not a W yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not an L, it's, it's just, yeah, it wasn't L, it just wasn't a W yet. Yeah, the just, W is coming, bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's coming, it's coming. We're, we're, we're letting it marinate too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it, bro. Yeah. Well, like, whilst we're here. Thoughts on the F1 season? So, for your first F1 season, um, well, <laughs> thoughts on it so far? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what is uh, I guess, yeah, like predictions. I guess, like, you sit with you know, you halfway through the season now. What are your do you have any like bold predictions for the rest of the season? I think one thing I've learned of being in F1, seeing everything from testing to to qualify into the final races and from like if you compare all the 
qualifying times to the actual race results. I think one thing I learned from F1 is always have faith, never give up because mm. anything can happen. Like any, like I don't know, I've seen drivers like go from P15 and then get top five. Like I know, yeah. like yes, you know how hard that is. Very. Or even like you know, I just think like one thing I've learned is anything can happen at this point. You can't your predictions, but as we've seen from the sport, it's so unpredictable and. Yeah, everyone has their moment to shine and win. So, honestly, I, I say I don't know because I'm enjoying the TV. I want to see what happens in the next episode of Formula One. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's interesting to see. But um, I do feel like as the season gets further and further, like a lot of more, like it's getting more and more interesting now. Yeah. I saw the season a little bit, ooh, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, no, look, it's... You just never know, dude. That's the thing. You never know. We can all make predictions. We can all look at the technical specs and upgrades yeah. and and all of that stuff. But, bro, you are you are living life right now. It was their offer to me. Yeah, you know, it would be rude not to. Uh, but uh, like, uh, I like, I yeah. You just can't. You can't make predictions on what what's going to happen because you know someone could be out in the lead and then an engine goes bust or someone could yeah. someone someone could crash out or you know the you know tire the team could mess up a pit stop or the strategy's wrong like you just don't it's such a team game it's not just you know There's too many factors that play a part yeah. in it. so one factor can easier for other things but um overall like my f1 experience is beautiful i love the sport i'm yeah. here to i'm a fan for life now yeah. my little kids i feel sorry for them it's sunday we're watching yeah you're like yo no. <laughs> yeah. that's the one but i never had that like i just picked it up on my own as a kid watching tv and and you know i, I i've watched it um, probably until this year like last year you know, so start- crazy like, i think the craziest thing was i never realized how many of our like friends and people were actually F1 fans. Like, I started working for F1, and then, you know, I've been posting things about races and drivers and so on. I'm seeing, like, everyone talking to me about these things. I was like, it's crazy. It's mad. But um, I think I, I took a break for the Montreal Grand Prix, and I went out with, like, Calix. No, not Calix. Cal Freezy, some of the YouTube guys, and they're big F1 fans. And we went to this, like, F1 bar in London, just watch the F1 game, and yeah, oh, it was such a vibe. Like, such really? a vibe. I need to go there yeah. still. You need to, like, it's crazy. I feel like I found like a whole new friendship group, or not like I just realized which friends were F1 fans because you're yeah. like, you're your football friends, yeah. you're the one of two NBA guys, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, yeah, F1. It's nice. No, it's, it's cool, man. I, look, I never realized how many, how many black people actually do like F1 like i i was i was you know you kind of obviously look at the sport and that's what the mad thing is when you look at the sport and you you just assume that no black people like f1 but then when you go online and you like it's just like it's crazy the amount of black people and black women as well and it's like and like just like black ethnic and there's a big 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 like strong like target demographic i love the sport like even like you know, obviously F1 is a black sport, but there are like a few black people who I see at the paddock, which is great and it's nice. I only see that black person kind of like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joey, yeah, you get the black nods. Like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we are here too. Yeah. Um, no, but um, I think it's nice that there's like a bigger, you know, demographic. Like even at some of the races, I see the 
the amount of different people from different cultures that actually just come to watch the races and it's like, yo, this is this is really nice. Yeah, no, it's gorgeous. Well, look, bro, this has been a lovely interview. Um, what I wanted to ask you quickly before we go was uh, out of all the races, like quick fire round. So don't mm. think about the, the answer. Just give me your just quick answers. Um, mm. The race you're looking forward to going to the most? Japan. Brazil. Favorite driver who's not Lewis Hamilton? George. George. Uh, nice. Yeah, good. Uh, um, best food uh, in which country that you've been to? Australia. Ooh. Also, by the way, you know we have every team has like chefs and told them. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, so you're. Yeah. yeah, you've been. Okay. Cool. Um, nice. So. <laughs> yeah, I've been good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Love that. But so gone. Um. So, um, prediction for 2022 world champion? No comment. <laughs> you say these first, obviously. Yeah. Mercedes. I really like Mercedes my first, but it's at a point right now where, like, any issue could actually happen, like, you know, yeah. there is a possibility that they can still win. Is it likely? Maybe not, but I wish I'm pray for it. Yes. Yeah, no, you look, you've got to fucking, you've got to, you've got to believe, bro. Like, do you mean, I... It's hard to describe, right? But like, when I look at how teams have had bad seasons before, right? Um, yeah. When you look at um, some of the places like Ferrari have been when they were bad, and you look at the places uh, Red Bull were, were when they were when they were bad and struggling, right? And uh, if you look at where Mercedes were at the start of the season, and then look at them now, that progress is incredible. Like to take the car from where yeah, it was. Yeah. To four podiums out of the last four races and you know and three in a row for Lewis like that's that's incredible and obviously you know they had to capitalize on some misfortune from other people but you know they're there to pick it up and they're there with a car that they know will last the whole race other teams don't have a clue whether the car's gonna last for the whole race or not uh, and and you know you've got to you've got to be in it to win it they say so I I believe that I believe that Mercedes will definitely make a very strong comeback. <laughs> I know. I, I, I think they will because I, I, I have faith in it. Like I, for us, we're not having to f spend money on more engines and fixing cars because they're in a million different pieces and, and every week and, and all of that. Um, you know, they can concentrate on development and uh, I've got faith. And they're just like, you know, sometimes you've got to back your team in it. Like you've got to just back your team and be like, my team are gonna come through. a terrible reference, but like I'm an Arsenal fan. We're not doing oh, that I'm an Arsenal like, fan too. I'm still, I'm still there, No, yeah, no, bro. You gotta trust the process, man. Like, do you know what I mean? We don't know what the process is, but just trust it. Um, oh man, Arsenal. We'll talk off camera, but I think we're going. To, <laughs> hey, this season we're doing bits. That's, a, that's you. another episode. Yeah, that's another yeah. episode, bro. That's another episode. Um, so, um one more question was i really wanted to ask you was this um i guess with uh like with being within f1 kind of uh, uh the content creation kind of side of things um are there things that you kind of see 
within the sport that I don't know you think uh, could be done better, uh, or there things that you're like. I feel like, I feel like well, we're all perfectionists. I feel like um, yeah. everyone wants to do better in certain areas. There's there's anything can happen. Anything can be improved. I feel like for me personally, it's trying to do more interesting projects with the youth or people of culture from different demographics of F1 since the doors of F1 have been open to like a whole different demographic. I've been able to do more interesting projects. But for me, especially like my like same ethnic people, kids like us from London, I feel like definitely being able to do more for them would be great. I think overall the school is definitely going into the right direction with the you know social media. Yeah. People are more outspoken loads of changes are happening. The school has literally had to adjust itself to the times that we're in. So I feel yeah. like it's only gonna get bigger and better. Like literally, it's only going to be Oh, look, I love that, bro. It's been and it's been awesome chatting to you. Um, where can people find you on social media? At Mabdul on Instagram and at Mab not Mabdul on Twitter by the way, but M A B D U L L E. And look, make sure you go check him out. He's got some fire content over there, which I'm sure you guys are gonna like. And um, I'm gonna link the video that you were involved in uh, with the three young drivers uh, or three young kids. And I'm going to link your Instagram on there as well. Uh, make sure you go. Make sure you go check that out. Are you going to France? Yes. So straight after this, I go France, and then straight after that to Hungary. To Hungary. Ah, yes, indeed. So look, bro. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, maybe we'll get you back on. We'll get you back on at the end of the season and then I can yeah, find you your favorite race. Very soon. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm very okay. sure, yeah, bro. Thank you to Quickstop. No so, yeah. Also, from my side, what you guys are doing sick. Also, the oh, videos every week, I look forward to it, man. Hilarious. Uh, thank you. Card, like, like, oh, no, man. Thank you. It's uh, it's really cool. I look, I, as you know as well, man, it's just really cool to to do things authentically and do things organically and then and then to be able to push that and take it forward and and for it to connect with an audience that you can relate to as well so uh yeah thank you so much bro it means means a lot and i will pass those thanks on to tandy she's uh she's unable to come she's too busy she's yeah i know everyone is when it's just me it's just they're like oh it's just Nasha. oh the best first yeah yeah <laughs> no, but, you know yeah. she's uh she's she's, she's, she's she's too cool she's got hip-hop writing she's got a sports yeah. editing and then this at least, is, at least we got more episodes in the we got more no 100 we got more episodes and uh we'll make sure we'll, uh we'll bring you on we'll try and bring you on for like a race review but if you're traveling mm-hmm. you're traveling that's we're we're all we'll make it work somehow <laughs> we'll make it work yeah we'll make it work bro well look thank you so all much right have a lovely day take care okay well that was mabdul thank you so much to him and thank you so much to you guys watching at home um if you're watching make sure you're leaving a comment subscribing liking again thank you so much we're on 2000 subscribers that is incredible uh, and if you're listening on spotify or on apple make sure you're leaving us a five star review uh and make sure you're leaving a review if you can on on, on apple it really helps we um we actually got our first podcast revenue check today. So um, with uh, with Acast, 
So this is like how it works. I'm so hot. You know what, guys? I'm trying to do this without the fan on, right? But I'm literally leaking with sweat. So let me let me go put the fan on and we'll start again. Like it is the hottest day of the year. Like when, you know what? So here's the dream, right? Here's the dream. One day, one day, I am, we're going to make enough money that I can install air conditioning in my office. Like, because this is a madness. What's the temperature right now? For those of you who don't know, England is currently going through the hottest weather it's ever experienced. Um, it's t 20 to 10 and it's 29 degrees Celsius. Now, a lot of you will be like, that's, that's standard procedure. That's not warm. These houses are built to keep in heat because it's always cold here. So, you know, you open a window, you've got warm air blowing through. You close it, you've got double glazing that's just keeping all the heat in. I've got a fan on and the fan is kind of circulating warm air. But anyway... If you have a podcast, they will do payouts when you reach like a certain amount. So even with YouTube, you have to make like a certain amount of money, like $50, $60 before they actually give you money. So it doesn't matter how long you make content for or how many videos you have or how long you've been on the partnership program. You have to earn a certain amount of money before they give you the podcast. Now, before they give you money from the podcast. So... I would say, um, if you're starting a podcast, you will, let's say, for us, right, we get around, I think, five and a half thousand uh, downloads per month, right? Around that, around five thousand, five and a half thousand downloads per month, um, which is awesome, right? That's incredible. That's, that's, and that's across all the podcasts that we put out, old and new, incredible. Sometimes you look at it and people have gone back to, like, the first podcast episode which i think is really cool um but so across all of those an advert will play now even on our old ones to play i haven't even put i've not put any adverts on like super old podcasts they're only on all podcasts from like march i think this season's podcasts um so the, the, the adverts that you'll hear at the beginning and in the middle and at the end if you get there uh we get paid like i want to say like between three and five dollars per thousand listens uh or downloads and they'll put different adverts on podcasts depending on what you listen to so if you're someone who listens to a lot of let's say sports podcasts right what you might hear is the Now TV advert for like Premier League or something. But if you listen to a lot of food podcasts, you might hear a food related advert. Like, you know how it works. So different adverts have different money that you get from it, right? So some are worth more than others. But you can't really control what advert goes where and which adverts you pick up, right? So at 3 to $5 per um, thousand uh pcm per thousand whatever i can't remember what pcm stands for that's really bad we get money so today we uh, we crossed the threshold for the podcast revenue for the first time and we got 69 dollars 
which is really cool so we're on the way to me having aircon uh and uh but we can't do that without you guys right we can't do it like you guys sharing supporting but also the stuff like reviews like the fact since we started pushing for you guys to leave reviews and to and all of that the podcast listens have kind of steadily grown up and up. So each episode, I would say, now gets around a thousand listens. Are uh, after a week, each episode has like a thousand downloads, which is awesome, right? When we started, I remember when we started, and the first YouTube video we put out, and I remember that got uh, like a hundred views, and I was like, wow! And the first uh, episode of the podcast got around like two hundred listens. Uh, or downloads and I was like wow this is incredible um and now we're on a thousand um per episode uh which is incredible so thank you thank you and that's I guess yeah if anyone's looking to start a podcast the the, the money's not in the spot in the advertising I'll tell you that for free uh work on your YouTube YouTube money's a lot better uh and you can uh, make money a lot easier I think on YouTube advertising than podcast advertising I think it's easier to go on YouTube as well but it depends on what you do. What do you mean? But anyway, there's some free unsolicited advice on how to make money in podcasting. Let's go to Ask Nyasha. So this is the Ask Nyasha section of the pod where you guys send me uh, in questions and I will answer. Uh, and the first question is from... Let's have a look. Ah. Let's go to L.O. Uh, who is at L.O. the OG. Yes, you are an OG. I love that. Um, which you've put a few races on, a few uh, questions on here. Um, aha! Here we go. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves in a heatwave. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm not. I'm in a hot room recording into a microphone. Like this is not self care at all. Um, are you attending any races this year? Interesting question. No plans to, I think, at the moment. So, with... Um, okay, this is my point of view on it, right? If I wasn't doing a podcast, I would have gone to about two or three races this year, I reckon. Um, purely because uh, I love F1. I've never been to an F1 race before. Um, and I would want to go and experience that, right? And especially now, I'm part of a whole community. Um I would love to go and be a part of that in real life, right? And and to meet people and to enjoy races and to experience F1 in the flesh. Because obviously it's going to be a lot different to experiencing it on screen. Um, but I guess the plan was... The plan was this year that... Because if we go to an F1 race, right? We have to... No, we have to... <laughs> If we go to a fame race, I would demand that we make content. Like I would, it would be work. Basically, I wouldn't be going just to go and chill and watch a race. I would be literally making content the whole time. So if I'm going for work, then I would want to pay for it with work rather than pay to go to an F1 race, but then spend the whole time in front of a camera, behind a camera, in front of a computer, making content. And you might say, well, Nash, wouldn't you want to go and just enjoy it as like a an enjoyable event, as a holiday, as you will? Um, but there's so many things that I want to do at an F1 race, and there's so many concepts that I want to do, and, and there's so many things that I, like if I went with Tandy, I would be dragging her along to do, and probably ruining her F1 experience, 
So, if we're going to go, then I want it to be self-funded through the pod and I want us to be able to uh, go with an idea of, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the type of shit we're going to make. Uh, and then from there, I would feel like that would be worth it. Now, if anyone wants to pay us to attend an F1 race or to offer complimentary tickets, then of course I would go. Um, and, and that's a different conversation. But um, at the moment, there's no plans for anything like that. Um, and to be honest, we're saving for South Africa, which I think uh, got ties into uh, Adelina underscore Daniela, um, who is, yeah, underscore, yeah, her username is the same as her at. Very easy to read out. Hi, Adelina. Um, apart from the obvious choices, Silverstone, Interlagos, Kailami, which GP would you like to go to? This year I'm going to my first ever GP at Monza. Can't wait. I'm going to absolutely ignore your question and just say Kailami. Um, we want to go to Kailami, right? And we want to do things in Kailami. And again, you know, that's going to be work in a different way because we want to do meetups out there. We want to do some kind of fan event out there, you know, whether that's like a nightclub experience or whether that's like a daytime experience, whether it's two separate events. Um, but we want to do that, right? And we have ambitions to do that. And I know there's things that I want to do personally out there. So, but to do that, I would rather pay out my own pocket and kind of invest in that. And cause, so I can guarantee go there, even though I reckon we'll be able to get some kind of, um uh some kind of uh collaboration with like a company of some sort given who we are you know i think if if how do i put this if the um if one of the most prominent black owned f1 um content creators can't get some kind of collaboration for the south african grand prix then you know then that's I you know I would be really upset, <laughs> um, but that's up to us to make sure we're in a position to do that. But I want to make sure that we have the money for tickets to go out there. We have the money for to put things on, you know, and we have the money to do everything. And so yeah, I'm re- basically trying to save as much money as we can from all of the stuff we do uh, and uh, all of the stuff that we've got going on to put into that, and we'll go there. But if it wasn't Kyle Lamy, I would say I really want to go to Monza. Actually, Monza is probably the one race I was looking at just kind of going to on my own um really yeah I, re- I love Italy I've been in Italy four times now uh and I, I, I love the food there I used to do food like when I used to do food content I make fresh pasta so I am like in love with Italian food and I'd love to go to Monza um yeah Monza or oh yeah I really want to go to I want to go to the Netherlands. I want to go to Zandvoort. And I want to act like an absolute prick. Look, I want to be like Union Jack out there. Like, Lewis. I really want to just antagonize everyone out there. Purely for that. Purely for that. And also, like, Holland is a cool place to go to. I've been a couple of times. But, yeah. Monza for food. Zandvoort for hooliganism, <laughs> basically. Uh, so thank you for that question, Adelina. Um, right, it's enough about me. Let's talk about F1. And this is from Danny. 
<laughs> with the uh, Danny Black spelt in the what's Max Verstappen's uh, sister girlfriend called Kelly PK uh, with the uh, devil horn um, thoughts on the Danny Rick situation after a statement now look oh it's awkward isn't it I feel bad for him right because he's a top level sportsman and top level sportsmen they don't give up right and if he's put out a statement saying oh I feel sorry for myself I'm doing shit um, then what you know that would be even worse Lando Norris has admitted that car is difficult to drive and he's had to change his driving style and that doesn't exonerate Daniel but you don't become a bad driver overnight now the stark reality is this is the end of the road for Daniel Ricciardo in F1 I can't see another team who can afford his wages taking a chance on his wages right he has gone to a team and been unable to develop a car around him to push it forward that's his problem right his problem is he wasn't able to work with the engineers to build a car around him so that it is favorable to whatever driving style he has to it if i'm aston martin and seb leaves in 2020 uh what seb leaves this year maybe uh or seb leaves next year Are you going to spend like 20 mil a year on Daniel Ricciardo? Your car's at the back of the grid. It's going backwards fast, that car. Are you really going to spend 20 mil on Daniel Ricciardo? Probably not, right? Um, so who else can afford that? Aston Martin, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like, he can't go to Haas. He can't go to... Alfa Romeo, you know, Bottas is the guy there. They've got Joe in there. Uh, I'm sure there's Ferrari Academy drivers that could probably go in there ahead of uh, ahead of Daniel Ricciardo. You know, um, Alpine are pretty set. Um, you know, obviously he's not going to go to Ferrari, Red Bull or Mercedes. Um, so he doesn't have that many options, unfortunately. And um, it's a sad situation because as a person... He's valuable to the brand of F1, for sure. And F1 will be a harder product to market without Daniel because he makes it so easy. But Daniel right now is in his get-the-bag-and-bounce phase, man. He's doing a production on... He's got production going for a scripted Formula 1 series. He's got fashion um, fashion deal collaboration. He's got wine uh, endorsement. Um he yeah i mean i mean he's in america on tv shows and talk shows you know so he's enjoying the final couple years enjoying is is one way of putting it but he's in the final moments of an f1 career which you know look at the end of the day he's won eight races some people haven't won one like do you know what i mean sergio perez has won three i think maybe two uh probably three yeah he's won three races um in a longer career, right? You know, you 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 got to get it how you get it, and uh, unfortunately for Daniel, it's not turned out the way he wanted to. And you know, he took a risk. I think everyone else, if you'd said stay at Renault or go to McLaren, where they were at the beginning of the twenty twenty one season, you would have said you would have said Daniel. 
um, go to who would have said Daniel? Who would have said Daniel? Go to McLaren. I think any everyone would have said that. Hindsight is great, and it's all great for us to sit here and, and make fun of him. But yeah, unfortunately, he's just not. He's just not done it. He's just not done it for a variety of reasons. But he'll be good. Daniel Ricciardo's career is so Gucci, bruv. Like he's like made whatever he wants to do he will do and he will do it well and i'm excited i'm almost more excited for daniel ricardo after f1 than i am for daniel ricardo in f1 because i'm up for seeing him being daniel ricardo without being like why are you acting like a clown you're you're performing poorly bro like this is not good enough so yeah those are my thoughts on danny rick situation but it's not pretty bro it is not pretty, Danny. Um, here we go. Let's go to... Big up Tandy for asking five different questions. I actually have an answer to one of them. But uh, David Noble, D at DJN uh, Racing Fan. Uh, how you doing, Dave? Um, no real surprise winners yet this season. Do you see it happening? And who would it be? Um... Let me just have some water. Mm. Surprise winner. Um, I mean, look, a surprise winner is hard to predict, right? Because, you know, it is a surprise winner. If I was going to have to go just pick a name out of thin air, I would say... Um, I would say Alonso. I hate to say it. But I think Alonso is going to be there or thereabouts at some point this season. I think there's there's going to be one race where everything just goes to shit, right? And yeah, I think he he's had a lot of bad luck, right? As much as we like to get at Fernando, he's had a lot of bad luck. And bad luck, which would have seen him finish in front of Ocon for, for a variety of reasons. And it's not happened, right? And that's not an Ocon. He's doing a great job, but... I feel like Alonso, yeah, could be there to pick up the pieces of uh, a race that goes crazy. And if that's the case, then it would be great for him. Not for me, because I'm not a massive fan. I'm not a massive fan, bruv. I'm not going to lie. And that's fine. That's fine. I don't mean ill health on him or anything. I just don't want him to ever do it. This bad luck that is happening to Fernando Alonso right now. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. That's fine. That's fine. But if I was going to predict a winner, I think he's due some luck. And I think that luck could come in a horrible, horrible way for me. For Alonso fans, are going to love it. If Alonso wins as well, we have to get Aldous back on the show as well. So that will that will help soothe it to hear his smooth, buttery voice and his little Gordon Ramsay like face. But yeah, oh, what I will say is I would I do think one of I reckon Mick Schumacher is going to get a podium this season. I said it. I said it, bro. I think he's going to get a podium. Again, not because he's going to have a race where he's the third best driver. But uh, I do think he's coming into his own a little bit. And I do think that Haas is good enough to, again, 
pick up pieces the same way Gasly did, the same way Ocon did, um, the same way Vettel did last season as well, to pick up results where maybe there could be some. The problem is, whereas last season, or even the season before, right, there's only really two teams who were vying for the wins so if it messed up if someone messed if you have a hungry situation if you have a Baku situation if you have a situation like in uh in Monza you know um with Gasly or Ricardo another team can sneak up and take the win because only four cars are in are in contention but this season there's six cars in contention for a podium and when you have a situation like that you need six cars, essentially, to not do well. And, do you know what I mean? It's a tough one still. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. But, we'll see, man. We'll see. We'll see. We will see, David. We'll see. Um, Here we go. Uh, Kuna at Kuna uh, 1997. Or Kuna, I think, maybe. I don't like... You know what? What I hate is that I will pronounce things like an English person, right? And I really hate that. Um, But I hope I've said your name correctly. Um, Could Merck's new pace and Ferrari's incompetency get us to P2 in the Constructor Championship? I think it can. I think it can, yeah. Um, I, I... Look, I think a small part of me holds out hope that We'll be able to win the constructors title. The drivers title is a tough one because Lewis is theoretically well not theoretically, Lewis is the better driver and in better form right now. Um but they're never gonna give him number one status to go for the title, like, I guess until George is completely out of it. So I feel like those two could potentially take points off each other and then, you know, Closing that gap in the driver's title is, is, is really hard. But in the constructors, we've got a very reliable car. Christian said he'd rather fix a slow car, a fast car that's unreliable, than a slow car that's reliable. I don't know if I agree on that. I don't know if I agree because, obviously, if you look at the situation Ferrari and look at the situation Mercedes are in, we could get second in the constructors, which is worth the money and, you know, and, and so forth. Um... And that's because we're reliable and we're able to gather points every weekend, whereas Ferrari are not. And that's a big, big issue for them. And it's going to be a big issue in the Drivers' Championship as well because having two cars, as they noticed in in Austria before Carlos's car went kaput, um, having two cars in a strategy race is uh, against one is advantageous. And, um, you know, if they're two against one, against if Red Bull are constantly two against one against their cars... Um, then um, that could be bad for them. We all know, you know, they get, they did get the strategy right in Austria, but can they do it again and um, and again and again and again and again and again? That's a problem with Ferrari, bruv. They're not consistent enough. This season they need to be consistent. So we'll see, we'll see. But I reckon, I reckon Mercedes could get to P two, but uh, they need more upgrades and hopefully. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But the Silverstone upgrades definitely seem to have made a big, big difference, man. Big difference. Oh, it's hot. This is so hot. 
it is so hot. Apparently they're saying Kailam in August, which could be okay because if it was at the beginning of the year or end of that, I just I wouldn't be able to survive that. I would not be able to survive that. Right. Here we go. There was a question I wanted to answer. Um, ah, uh, this is from uh, Ellie, uh, Ellie forty four at TLHX United. So, a race that you'll never forget. I'm trying to think. What would be a good one to tell here? That's not obvious. When I was a kid, how I got into F1 was I used to watch. Um, I used to just watch sports, right? We, growing up, my family, like, we were definitely comfortable, like, do you know what I mean? But my dad used to send a lot of his money to Zimbabwe um, to build various things and for family and brothers and sisters and stuff. So my dad, you know, definitely wasn't earned a fair amount of money. My mum used to stay at home and look after my sister. Um, so I, w- I had to do a lot of self I didn't have a lot of toys. I never had, like, consoles. My dad was an IT technician, so we used to have a PC, which is why I like PCs a lot. And Maybe I'm a bit of a nerd. But my mum used to see me just watch, sit and watch sports all the time, right? She always used to, like, get me little treats to, like, eat when I used to watch sports. And uh, the way I got into F1 was there was a... um, they used to show uh, on BBC. They used to used to be a a show called Grandstand, and it was basically like they would just show mad next to sports, right? And within Grandstand, they you might watch like the skiing or bowls or whatever. And sometimes, obviously, on the BBC coverage, there would be F one. And I used to just love sport. I used to love playing sport. So that would be how I would spend my Saturdays and Sundays, right? Just watching sport on tv and that's i still do now it's crazy like i I don't really watch like tv shows or or that i like films because i can just watch it one and done i think i like that about sports series i have commitment issues okay i have commitment issues in a lot of areas of my life okay it has affected areas of my life negatively one thing is affected positively is i can commit to an hour and a half if you've got an hour and a half for me done movies and sport and i used to watch f1 from the age of like eight uh or seven or eight i think seven and mum used to buy me strawberries she used to get like a big punnet of strawberries and i would like save it i was like i love strawberries but i just wouldn't eat them before i started the f1 like that would be my f1 treat so and i used to record uh races on vhs as well and just watch them back so i used to have recordings of i remember i've got i used to have a recording of like the um michael schumacher win in spain 96 um i used to have a recording of uh i remember i had a recording of uh spa 98 I remember I used to watch a lot, uh, and I used to, I used, to I used to have to label them as well. So I'd like have it in my own handwriting and label them. But one race I'll never forget is when Damon Hill won the title in '96, and I know this is a long time ago. And look, I'm I'm very old, right? But it was the first race I think that I'd stayed up for or woken up for early, so I'd set an alarm to wake up and watch this race, and. 
you know, as a seven-year-old or eight-year-old, that's a lot of, like, independence, right? Like, to be up before everyone else downstairs watching TV. Uh, and it, it used to be on BBC, so it was free to air and whatever. I remember with a really weird combination of a cup of tea and a punnet of strawberries. I sat there and I, I watched Damon Hill win the title. Uh, I think I was a Schumacher fan. So I wasn't like ecstatic about Damon Hill winning the title because I wanted Michael Schumacher to win. But I just, I'll never forget like the feeling of staying up and feeling like such an adult with my strawberries and this cup of tea watching this race where Damon Hill won the titles. My first season where I'd watched it start to finish um, with all my video recordings and then uh, I'll never forget Martin, sorry, Murray Walker's commentary of um, when Damon Hill crossed the line and he was like, and I have to stop now because I've got a lump in my throat. And even I started like welling up a little bit. I'll never forget. And it, I think from that moment, I was like hooked. Like I was like, this sport is incredible. It's incredible. And for a long time, I was that kid in like watching it on my own. You know, just you're just watching on your own and you think you grow up, you think like, you know, you talk to people even when you talk to boys, you're like, you know, what sports are you into? And obviously, I love football. I'm a big Arsenal fan, season ticket holder, all of that. But you, F1 seemed like such an insular thing to watch. You watch it on your own. You don't have any company. You're just there. That's what I've grown up with since I was seven years old. And I think that's what the beautiful thing is about starting this platform, right? One, I get to share with Tandy every week and have that conversation. That was a big thing of why we started it was that we were like, man, you watch these races and you just want to talk to someone about it because there's some madness going on in the sport. And then, but then we have you guys um, who we share it with as well. And it's really special for us to be able to share. I think to have this community, is, I think it's an incredible thing. And I'm so grateful for just everyone's company and everyone's interactions i've learned so much about all kinds of things as well like i've learned so much about f1 i've learned so much about technical side of things i've learned so much about strategy i've learned so much about south african meme culture i've learned so much about like so many things and it's really cool that we get to go through all of this together because if i was watching uh, abu dhabi on my own that would have been horrible right and i you know if i just had to internalize that on my own and and watch all of the um footage around it and news around it on my own i think i would have it would have made everything a lot worse but we got through it because we got through it together so japan 1996 damon hill that was uh that is a race that i'll never forget and um, japan is a bit different you know um uh city lewis at Amal underscore Shura, has Nyasha been celebrating Shelly Ann's fifth world title? I am not a massive athletics guy, I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those that just watches at the Olympics. But everyone knows about Shelly Ann um, Fraser Price. She is incredible. Um, just the most elite woman sprint, sprinter of all time. Probably one of the most elite athletes of all time. Um, represents Jamaica incredibly well. 
Um, I loved her performance in the Olympics. Um, and yeah, no, she's she's incredible. And kind of like with her, people like her, Serena, um, you know, um, black women within sports, black legends within sports who don't get, I think, enough recognition. And look, that's on me as well. I just come on and said, I don't really watch athletics like that. You know, I don't really watch tennis like that, but... You know, there's certain names where when you see them and when you hear them, you have to pay respect to them. And uh, definitely, Shelly Ann, most definitely. Um, really cool question uh, from palmwine underscore pappy at m underscore architect. Do you guys drop a playlist of songs you reference or <clears throat> try to sing on the podcast? Um, we don't, but I'm going to. I'm going to try and remember some of the stuff that we sung before. But what I'll do is I'll start a playlist which has... The song, I'll try and put all the songs that we've used for the fan cams, all the songs that we sing, all the Tandy sings in uh, in the podcasts, and um, and yeah, basically, and we'll put them in, and it'll be a, a playlist that we'll update every week, and we'll and you know what, that's a job for Tandy. I'll make sure Tandy can sort that out because she loves music, uh, and maybe we'll do like. Maybe we'll also try and just do a separate one with like songs that we like or that we're listening to. And um, yeah, I think that's a really... Because music's important. It's an important part of us. That was one of the things where like... Sorry, let me have some water. That was one of the things when we started, which wasn't like a conscious thing, but it was a thing where we wanted to make a podcast that was like that had references to black culture right um because we're both super fans of a lot of the parts of black culture especially like hip-hop um and black music in general right although argument to be made that a lot of what we call music is black music you know anything from rock house hip-hop r&b all of them things that are originated with black people so um let's not count out people who have done paved the way for others to be able to create because uh, they're often black people um but i think it's really cool that the more we've grown and this is another thing for creators as well like your original iteration of what you think you are or what you're going to do or what your platform will be will change over time. So what you are here is not going to be what you are over here. And that's because you develop as a person, you develop as a platform, you develop skills, you do, you, you you change as time goes. Your you know your uh your knowledge base, I guess I'm going to say grows. Your um your cultural perspective on things change the sport changes right your subject matter might change so when we started I, I i went back and watched an old episode the other day the first episode like the first 10 minutes 10 15 minutes and man we are so timid <laughs> we're so timid other than tandy who within the first 10 minutes or like the first 15 20 minutes calls by us a bum and it's like okay this is this is what we're on this season you can see my face like oh my god can we actually say that because i didn't know i thought we'd come in and be like a black let me just be honest i wanted us to be like a black version of missed apex i think 
I used to watch Miss Apex. Miss Apex probably the, the reason I started a podcast because I was just like, wow, it's just incredible. It's just like informative and it's funny and you know, um, it's all independent and they're just themselves. And oh, this is like better than Sky Sports um, in terms of like detailed analysis, right? And fairly unbiased uh, analysis of things, right? And you're like, okay, that's cool. Imagine if there were some black people doing that so cool but one of the things about that was like what what they're really good at is they're really professional right um they're really slick they're really informed um and um but they're they're really that's like a studio as as close to a studio production independently that you can get online right as an independent platform and i think that's incredible i'm such a big fan of theirs uh and spanners and everything they do over there but then I realised that I am not Spanners. Tandy's not uh, Matt. <laughs> our guests, although we have Brad Philpott, <laughs> pick up Brad. Our guests are not their guests. And um, and through that, you kind of see us coming out of our shell and you see us just kind of starting to be more authentic, right? So even from like episode one to six, there's a change in the type of podcast. And then, you know, you look at the difference between, I guess, look at the Austria episodes compared to how we then reported on Brazil and Saudi Arabia because the subject matter required that we were as honest and passionate as possible. And that wasn't a conscious decision. It was just like, okay, this is how we need to do. I think I'm going on a bit here, but I can't even remember how we got here. Culture. So... We've had more success... And we've grown more and we've got more views just by being ourselves. Now, look, we've probably talked ourselves out of some brand deals, right? We've talked ourselves out of, you know, um, I don't think I don't think uh, F1 are going to invite us anywhere. I don't think um, Sky Sports are going to invite us anywhere. Um, uh, you know, um, I don't think certain brands would probably want to work with us. Um, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm I'm absolutely happy with that because when you have a vision for something, you have to stick to it. And you have to like stick to your guns, and you have to be genuine to yourself. And that's what will get you success: being yourself and making wavy stuff. Because all of you, every last one of you are wavy people and wavy means cool it means you're on your own wave no one can copy you you and you ride that and you ride that and you ride that and you ride that till the wheels fall off and and you will find an audience we did and i'm so proud of it so uh and that's because we've connected with like the culture and we've connected with uh you know with the music we use and the language we use and the way that we present our videos and the memes we use and all of that right it's because we we tap into black culture and, and, and it's not just a black face giving you the same things that maybe you're getting elsewhere. It's a black face giving you a black perspective on a sport which, which lacks that, which is really important. So um, to all the creators out there, no matter who you are, just be yourself and you'll, you'll get it done. But yeah, there'll be a playlist. <laughs> okay, I think this is going to be the last, oh, second to last question. Um, Molly, 
at Molly FS44. <laughs> I'll do the second one first because it's uh, what kind of person are you? Sweet or salty? Referring to the food here, but I suppose you can interpret it a number of ways. Molly, hello. Um, when I go to the cinema, I used to I actually still pay for a cinema card. I used to do like um, I used to do a cinema a monthly thing, right? I used to go every. Every Thursday, every Thursday was like cinema day. I'd go and watch a film and um, it'd be like a bit of escapism. Like I'd walk to the cinema, like a 20, it's like a 30 minute walk to the cinema, have a nice walk, thoughts myself. I always buy uh, toffee popcorn from the supermarket. When I was poor, I used to steal it. Don't, don't judge me, but I used to steal it. <laughs> so, why would I admit that? Um, but uh, but now I buy it. Now I buy it, uh, and um, I buy I buy toffee popcorn, so sweet. And then I go to the cinema and I get a Fanta Ice Blast, uh, and then I go to the film. But since uh, this year, I made like um, around. May, April, I think April, I made a commitment to start doing a podcast every week and making as much content as possible like every week and it's kind of growing and growing and I just don't have time for the cinema now, you know, I just don't have time, I've, I basically committed to to trying to work as hard on this as possible as I can and, and to grow it and it's really helped like, you know, because when you have a job full time and then you're trying to work on this stuff like, it's just hard and then if, you know, you spend a day at the cinema and then it's like, oh. in my mind I'm like, that's three hours I could have spent making content, like, do you know what I mean? And it's 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 a tough one. Um, so, I do need to start going back to cinema because I love the cinema. Um, but, um, yeah, sweet if you're talking about popcorn but I'm savoury if we're talking about food. I don't really like dessert. And in real life, I'm salty as fuck. <laughs> I'm so salty. Uh, I'm, I'm a really sarcastic person. I'm so sarcastic. I'm very dry um, at points. Um, so I guess that's salty, I'm afraid. Um, yeah. Although it can be sweet, but I don't think anyone really sees that, to be honest. Um, other than you guys... Uh, but if I was in charge, how would I go about fixing the inconsistency uh, in F1 stewarding and race direction? They've made no succession planning. That's where they are right now. So there's no... There's no... How do I put this? They never planned for after Charlie, really. I mean, the problem is they were training Michael Massey and um, I think Eduardo um, to be... Charlie Whiting's successes. Unfortunately, Charlie passed away really before they cut their teeth into it. So then Michael was put in. Michael Massey came in because he was on rotation to shadow Charlie Whiting in Australia. And then they just stuck with it. He didn't have enough training, I don't think. And he didn't have enough support. The race directors now there's no consistency they need the same set of stewards at every race this idea of having different stewards every race is ridiculous like of course you'd say in football no one has the same referee right but f1's different because clearly the interpretation of what the rules are can lead to really drastic results and you know we don't have var we don't have appeals. 
which you know you, you can't appeal we couldn't even we couldn't even we appealed the result of the race in in Abu Dhabi nothing happened about it you know we need consistency and I think having the same set of people there or getting rid of people who are part of decisions which are blatantly wrong but the FIA will never do that so, so really what the solution is is to much like the police we need to just reform right reform these people because where we're at now with them it's not good enough and i don't think it'll ever be good enough but yeah um last question from queen of all of our hearts the og herself the greatest person to do an f1 podcast with tandy are you excited for quicks up live i'm so excited um i'm so excited and nervous and nervous i don't know i don't know what to expect i mean i know what to expect right there's gonna be like 60 people watching an f1 race together in this lovely gorgeous little theater so that's gonna be awesome i think a lot of people are gonna meet for the first time that they've been talking to online i think a lot of people are gonna experience watching an f1 race with a group of people for the first time i know that will probably be the case for me it's definitely going to be the most people that i've watched an f1 race with in one sitting uh that's you know a uh, fact and then we're gonna do a live podcast man and you know me tandy tommy that is <laughs> a dangerous case in most cases but you know live uh live in london it's just really special I never thought we'd get there that early. I'm not going to lie to you. I never, I, I, I really didn't think we'd get there that early. But we did. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, we're going to run a, the tickets for that will be out, for the live stream will be out this week. I think I'm going to run a competition as well to win tickets to go. Um, that will be on Wednesday um the tickets for the live stream will come out on friday and then the event is next week on sunday the 31st of july crazy 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 um i'm really excited man i'm really excited and i hope you guys are excited too um yeah and if you haven't got tickets and you want to watch a live stream please watch the live stream like um we've got cameras set up lighting it's going to look super professional i can't wait um i really can't wait and i can't wait to share it's not for me none of this stuff is is for me i mean it is for me for sure but it's for you guys right it's for us we we do this for us to make a, a platform for us to have a safe space online right and now we're going to have a safe space in real life and uh this is just the start trust me this is you guys aren't ready. Like, we've done this after... Quick Stop Live is going to be our 50th episode. Not many podcasts get to where we got to after 50 episodes. They don't. Like, that's just a fact. Not many platforms get to where we get to after 50 episodes. So, you know, we're. I'm just so proud of everyone involved in help building this platform. All the guests that we've had. Without you, we wouldn't have been able to get to your audiences and grow and all the people who share our shit every week, who who sh like comment on our shit every week, 
who bought the tickets within 36 hours, who I'm sure are going to buy the live stream tickets. They're going to be super cheap. I think they're going to be like three quid each. Um, that's just to cover the cost of the cameras and stuff. Um, yeah, like, it's just mad. It's crazy. We're celebrating our 50th episode live in London. We're going to watch an F1 race together. When I was that kid eating strawberries, if you told me that this is what I would be doing, uh, I would have I would have, been, I would have beat your hand off. This is all I've ever wanted to do. I think with Tandy, you know, all she's ever wanted to do is is uh, is be creative and, and have an outlet for creativity as well. And uh, we're really blessed to have the listeners that we do who support us the way we do. Uh, I feel like this episode, I've just absolutely rambled on at you. But it's really, uh, it's nice. It's nice to feel validated for, yeah, like I said, I made a decision a few months ago to like basically shred my life of anything that was a distraction, I guess, and um, concentrate on this and and it seems to be working, man, and it seems to be growing and uh, I can't wait to put more hours in and, and create more cool stuff and 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 share it with you all and and yeah and go from there but uh if quick stop live is is a success on 31st we'll be doing another one for abu dhabi um so i guess keep the abu dhabi day uh free i can't remember when that is but once quick stop live is done and obviously once we get to around like i guess october we'll probably advertise for um for quick stop live 2 abu dhabi and uh and yeah celebrate the end of the season no matter what happens so yeah that is uh that's what we're gonna do um sorry i just got a very gnarly message oh no i didn't very nice message so that's it that's it for me man that was arson yasha i'm looking at our notifications going crazy whilst i'm uh recording uh oh this is a good question from asaf new merch dropping when's the patreon the patreon's gonna drop the thing is with patreon sorry i'm just like let me know in the comments if you guys like me talking about business i like listening to business stuff about podcasts but i don't know if you guys want to listen to that obviously this is an f1 podcast and whatever so but i guess i'm just being very honest about where we're at with everything and i guess just so you guys have an idea about stuff <laughs> how do i put this let's start with patreon patreon i could have launched patreon months ago right um i need to figure out a way to add extra value right i don't want someone to pay a certain amount a month and they're not getting value for that extra month right so i need to figure out a way to essentially pump out another podcast every week most likely on the thursday um and to add value and like how can we like so if you're a patreon member you get to be a uh, call in to the show and you could be a part of the podcast recording every week and if you're a patreon member you get exclusive merch that no one else can buy and if you're a patreon member you get ad free. I think what I want to do is like a like a two fifty a month ad free tier. So two fifty a month, you don't have to listen to the adverts on Spotify. You can watch an ad free video. Um, I think I want to do that, and then a five pound, which would include like an extra episode, and then maybe like like a really high 
but like a 15 pound a month one where i think like on patreon you could do it where like every three months you get sent an item of merch and i think that's what so i'm figuring that all out basically on my time like on my time how can i make another episode whilst making the short content that i need for us to go because in all honesty I get more, and this is why I'm not a great business person, but I get more excited by building the platform and seeing, like, our platform. We hit 500 followers on TikTok the other day, and we were on, like, 60 in February or something. And it's like, that shit gets me excited. I'm like, cool. I love putting work in and making content and watching that grow, right? And that affords more opportunities for us. The fact that we just hit 1,000 on Instagram. Like, we spent a year basically ignoring instagram and tiktok which is bad practice right but we concentrate on twitter now twitter's on nearly ten thousand, but the growth on the twitter has kind of plateaued somewhat for whatever reason right maybe everyone who's going to follow us has followed us now and everyone else on twitter hates us right um so i have to balance making content that's good enough to help us grow on youtube and and maybe learning to cut some of the stuff from the podcast and putting that out there and using that instead of making original content or whatever but that still takes time do i hire an editor so if we make all this money making money from whatever black voices are making an impact this month and beyond keep listening to discover one of our favorite shows courtesy of Acast recommends welcome to two black girls one rose we're two black girls invading the messiest reality dating shows on earth i'm natasha and i'm justine and this season we're recapping lifetime tv's hit show married at first sight in nashville married at first sight <laughs> is a full-on hot mess of a social experiment each week on our podcast we recap the latest episode and dissect the trials and tribulations these five newly married couples are going through while also dissecting relevant dating marriage and relationship topics and after five years deep in bachelor nation we're now diving into the married at first sight universe so come join us listen to us on all podcast platforms every thursday and join our amazing community on patreon at patreon.com slash two black girls acast helps creators launch grow and monetize their podcasts everywhere acast.com do i just put that into an editor so they can do the short clips but then with an editor i need to tell them what to edit that means i still need to go through the fridge i need to find pick out the clips that i want i need to be like clip this and put it that's a lot of work and then i'm paying someone to essentially put subtitles on like you know so that's a different thing so patreon is coming i think after the summer break merch is going to be dropping next week monday i think next week monday um with a new website and you can have it from there so that's the news on patreon and merch let us know in the comments right or on twitter what kind of stuff would you like from a patreon if you were going to subscribe to a patreon and let's work from there i just want to make sure it's value for money basically and um i don't want to f- I don't want people to pay us money and feel disappointed. People are disappointed with us sometimes and it's free. 
So, <laughs> let alone, uh, let alone uh, if they're paying money. And, you know, you've got to make sure it's right. And maybe I'm a bit of a perfectionist with that, but no, we will be dropping a Patreon and we will be dropping merch. Uh, merch, hopefully, next week. And Patreon after the summer break. Or, yeah, after the summer break. So, in time for Spa, basically. I think Spa will be the first race where you can have <coughs> at least the ad-free version and and um, and hopefully the rest of the stuff that you can get from Patreon as well. I might actually just launch the ad-free Patreon next week <laughs> and then at least people can have the ad-free and then we can add the other stuff of, of, uh, on as I figure it out. But look, I've just spoken by myself for an hour. Oh my God, I can talk. Jesus Christ. I don't know if this episode is going to be a good one or not. I'm not going to lie. I, I, look, the chat with Mabdul was great. He's awesome. Uh, this was a very different Arsenal Yasha. Very per, uh, not personal. Very, like, quick stop orientated. Um, it's been quite quiet for F1. Uh, I think I think since uh, all the racism and Zandvoort stuff, and, you know, we had a little break between, you know, between Austria... Been a bit quiet. I've quite enjoyed that. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and so I think since Massey going, there's not been much super newsworthy stuff. So hopefully this has filled the gap. Um, we've got some cool collaborations coming up this year. Quick stop live. Can't wait. Thank you all so much. If you've enjoyed this, <laughs> let me know in the comments. Uh, give us a five star review on Apple. Subscribe to us. All of them things there. It's a road to three thousand on YouTube. Let's get there. I think we're still on the road to 300 five-star reviews on Spotify, so make sure you're leaving us a review there. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys. And remember, no matter what life throws at you, keep it on the black stuff. See you later.